Welcome to the Rise and Search podcast. I'm your host, David Lovejoy, inviting you on an exploration of the global business landscape. Join me as we discover insights from world-class professionals. Renee Zhao, thank you for coming on our podcast. Could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me here. I'm Renee and I'm Chinese. I'm now living in Shanghai and I'm working in exhibition industry. So exhibition means the trade fair. It's like trade fair business where it's a platform to connect with the supplier and the buyers with covering a lot of projects you can imagine. So I'm now working for a German trade organizer called Master Dusseldorf. And I was working as the director of the marketing communication. And the project I'm responsible for is for wine and spirits. So I am in charge of the wine and spirits relevant uh, trade fair covering Asia Pacific regions such as Japan, India, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Shanghai. So now I travel a lot and to understand the market for each region and see how we can bring the trade shows in different regions to next level. Thank you for that. How do you understand a new region? Before you enter this market, you need to do some of research, online research. For example, you need to see that, okay, how is the wine and spirit volume in that country and why we think this is a promising market. And then, for example, I just come back from Singapore. And during my trip in Singapore, I went to different bars and restaurants to see the menu on their list okay. and to see what is the new things and what is the typical wine they provide. And I also go to the wine shop to see the price and then what kind of wine is more attractive to the customer. I also talk to the customer when I have a dinner with some people and then to see, okay, why they come to this shop and what kind of wine they, they taste on a regular basis. So this kind of thing. So it's like the combination with the online research and also like the physical contact with the local customers. Okay. And how many times would you visit a new location in order to understand the market and tailor your advertising or marketing campaign accordingly? It really depends on our marketing strategy, but overall, I would say once a month, I will go okay. to different cities. And for example, next year, we will launch a trade fair in Singapore. We call Hawaiian um, Singapore. But I mean, the buyers or the visitors we want to attract is not only the local Singaporean. We also want to expand the market to Southeast Asia. For example, we want to bring more buyers from Malaysia, Philippines, Vienna, even Cambodia to come to our show and connect with the winery or distributors at our platform. So it's not only like one city, we will travel to a lot of cities nearby, like neighboring countries, and to see how, for example, we will do some events or roadshow in Malaysia, maybe connect or collaborate with a restaurant, or we just contact with the distributor there to launch a small event to invite all the wine professionals in this city and then to promote our brand. So that's how we do the marketing so far, especially for Singapore market. Okay. Now you're traveling the entire world, it seems. How important like is culture to your overall strategy? Do you have to adjust significantly with each region or each country? Like in Southeast Asia, for example, you mentioned a handful of countries, each with their own distinct culture. And then of course, subcultures within that. 
do you generally just have like a quote unquote Southeast Asian campaign or do you tailor it country specifically? Okay, if we talk about digital or online campaign, we, of course, we work with the agency and to reach out to the target audience for different cities. That's like online things, right? We just okay. try to create a campaign or advertisement and then target to those we call customers in specific regions. But when it comes to culture, why I travel a lot? Because I think Digital marketing is one of the tools to maximize exposure to the market. Of course, it works and it's, it's like a trendy thing, right? But from my point of view, I think it's very important to the marketer to go to the market, go to the region and to talk to the people there. For example, of course, you need to meet with a customer, right? If you want to know more information about the market, you need to talk to the customer. What we do is like we have two ways. One is we have loyal distributors from wine industry. So we work with them and sometimes we launch an event together. And through this event, we invite a lot of guests, right? So we leverage this occasion as the knowledge exchange and know their customer needs. And also we have another way is like we will just fill out some buyers from a database and then have a co-call with them before I travel there. And of course we have team and then we just see if they have time to meet and then to have just like catch up, like coffee things, given that we will be there in the future. So that's also one of the things. But I would say it's not that easy. Sometimes people just think, okay, it's a little bit weird. You just talk to me. But I do think that it's also one of the ways to connect with the people when maybe they just come to your trade fair once and they, they don't know you. But if you talk to them and to meet them in person and you will just get this emotion and the connection and then to see how you can work together to make the business. So this is the one, this is two things we do leverage now to talk to the customer. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. My school where I got my MBA, one of the alumna is Chinese and mm -hmm. she is the CEO of yeah. Starbucks in China. Okay. And when I was in Japan, I could see the like how essential it was to have local talent that really understood deeply the intricacies of the culture, the trends, real time. That's something you just can't do globally. You have to work with local suppliers, local talent. So that makes a lot of sense, your approach there. And you're yeah. kind of then like an ambassador or like a bridge between the global hub and each location. How would you describe your role? I will not say I am the ambassador because I'm in marketing combination department, right? So my responsibility is to devise the value proposition and the strategy for the project. And then I will map out all the plan we develop in the campaign there. Okay. So usually I will collaborate or I will try to explore one ambassador in each region. And then, of course, he should be, first of all, he or she should be the wine professionals. And she has a large expand of the wine industry. So she or he will be our advocate to promote our trade fair in their region. So we, we usually work with him or she to map out all the strategy together. So I will not say I am the brand ambassador, but we do collaborate with some ambassadors in our community to promote our trade fair there. Okay. 
Belinda Wong is the name Mm -hmm. of the lady, FYI, if you're interested. But that's interesting to see your responsibilities and your role there. What got you interested in marketing? Why did you choose Mm. what you're doing now as opposed to, say, communications, journalism, or anything else? Yeah, First of all, my major is not marketing. When I was when I started in university, I studied in English literature, actually. Huh. <laughs> but why I love marketing is because that there's a time, I think, going back to maybe 12 or 13 years ago, and I went to one of the trade fair. I just graduated from university and I'm trying to looking for a job. And then mm. I went there as a translator for one of the exhibitors at that trade fair. So at that time, I just met a lady there. She's from Belgium. And we had a really good conversation. And she said, oh, okay, so are you looking for a job? So why not? If you are interested, maybe you can come to our office and to do the interview and see if you like it. And then... We can see what happened. So I went there and uh, this is actually an event agency. So I went there and then I just go through all the interview and I really love the vibe there. It's really dynamic. Everyone's really busy and of course, quite international. So I think, okay, maybe it's a good chance to see how I would be in the future for the agency. And then I joined the marketing department. So before that, I have a limited knowledge about marketing. But after a year and a year, I was working for this company for three and a half years as a marketing executive. So at the time, and I think that what triggers me or what marketing triggers me is that, you know, when you are nobody, you are like nobody. So how you can reach out to the customer and know your brand. That's just not easy. And before that, social media is nothing, right? Going back 10 years ago, it's nothing. You only have the trade fair or you like magazine or some media you can collaborate with. But that is really like you need to invest a lot. It's a really long process from getting awareness till the end of the purchase, right? It's a really long process. Now it's really easier, but before that, it's not that easier. So I feel that it's, it makes me really confident or I can see a lot of achievement when you launch a product with nothing. And then after a journey, then people can know you and buy your stuff. So I think marketing is very important during the entire life cycle of the product. I mean, sales also important, right? They, they, they generate revenue. Marketing is the team just always spending the expense, right? So I would say that it's kind of, I see the conflict between the sales team and the marketing team. Always like, okay, sales team said, oh, why you don't create an innovative campaign? Then I can sell my product very well. But the marketing team always think, okay, why you don't improve the sales pitch and to sell your product to the customer? So it's always like a conflict. But for me, that I think if you don't know the marketing, how can you sell the product? I always think that before you sell product, marketing is the king and the content is always very important. So that makes me very proud that if I can just launch or cultivate the customer, how brand it is, how brand important and how the product fits your needs. So I think that's the reason why I love marketing and why I'm now working in this department for like more than 14 years. I see. So it's more like marketing chose you 
rather than you choosing marketing, it sounds like there is serendipity by meeting that Belgian lady and enjoying the vibe and just diving in. Exactly. It's like opportunity. You bring up an interesting point. I want to drill down a little bit into what you bring up with the sales and marketing dynamic, but I was curious more broadly, since you come from a different background yourself initially, English literature, what do people not understand about marketing? Like, what do they get wrong? Where do their assumptions fall short? I think if you are not in this territory, people will think that, okay, marketing is like, okay, you have a product, for example, you have the water, mm. and then you just create some campaign, like advertisement with like the price and the why you need it. And then you just launch to the market or find your distributor to sell your product. And the marketing is just one of the way to identify the branding or like the color of it. And then to see how it's amazing to the market and that's it. But it's just one part of the marketing. It involves a lot of process, right? So first of all, I mean, the most important thing for marketing is, do you really know the needs of your customer? Mm. This is just one, one of the things. Who is your target customer? Because, you know, the market is very competitive. You are not the only brand, especially in China, right? Because even if you are the first mover in this market, there are a lot of second movers, third movers will come into the market immediately. And it's easy. So for me, I think the most important thing for marketing is not that, okay, you just define your campaign, advertisement, and then set the price and then sell to the market. No, first of all, you need to know who is a target customer. Because, you know, your brand is, if you want to make your branding unique, you need to know what is a USP, what is your selling point, why you are different from the other water. For example, for this water, maybe just like, for example, $1. And then it's like, not that cheap in China because in, in China, the water is really cheap. So if you sell like $1 for this water, why they want to buy your product? Why the willingness to buy is very important also because for the customer, they can choose your product over there, right? You, they have yeah. a lot of products to choose over. Why they choose your product? Why they want to pay $1 to buy this product? So this is very important. Because not everyone can be your customer, can be your target customer. Not everyone can afford like $1 for a water in China, especially in tier two or tier three city. They think it's so expensive. So in this case, you need to find out your target customer. To do analysis, very important. The analysis, how large is your target audience? For example, if you narrow down to one big city, and if you narrow down to female, male, or kids, or family, these factors are really critical to your marketing campaign. So marketing is not like, okay, I have this product, and then I just try to create a story, and then to sell to market. No, before that, you have a really comprehensive analysis to define who is your customer, and what is your unique selling point. Then you can know, okay, if I know my customer, how can I reach out to them? How can I make a compelling story to convince them to buy your product over others. So you touch on perhaps a controversial point. A lot of people have a stigma or a, a scary assumption with the term sales or marketing mm. as manipulation. You understand your customer and then you trick them is kind mm -hmm. of the darker side of that. How do you kind of define like what is good marketing and what is bad marketing? Okay, if we are now in our organization 
every campaign you map out, your boss will will try to see what is your ROI for each campaign, right? right? So I think one thing to define or to figure out what is good marketing or bad marketing is the ROI. I mean, ROI, of course, you know, it means like, okay, if I get very favorable return after I spend this kind of money. So for example, if you have $1 million as your marketing expenses, how you allocate this $1 million to maximize your exposure to the customer, also to increase your sales volume in the end. So I would say if we are talking about this good marketing, bad marketing in the organization purely, I would say that ROI is the first thing. But if we make this concept broader, like covering all the sector in this business ecosystem, then I would say good marketing means when you buy this product, of course, you will kind of in the future uh, choose another product. But when you feel really thirsty and you want to buy a product and then uh, when you buy a bottle of water and you go to the supermarket or like grocery store, you just pick up the one you like. So I mean, this is a good marketing. For example, I love the even water. Yeah. And then I feel very thirsty. And even if I know that even water is more expensive than other water, but when I'm feel thirsty, I go to the grocery store, I will just pick up even water, whatever it costs. So I mean, this is a good marketing. Means you have the really um, close connection with the customer and they will never forget you. Even when they are feel, it's like instinct feeling. Like, for example, if you want uh, Coca-Cola, which brand you you like, you go for Pepsi or you for Coca-Cola, right? Mm. So for me, it's like good marketing. For example, if you want to buy a cup of coffee, which coffee brand you want to choose? So for me, no Starbucks. (laughs) Starbucks is not my cup of coffee. So there's a brand always in my mind that, okay, if I feel really tired, I want a cup of coffee, I will go for it. What's that? <laughs> in China, I go for M Stand. Do you okay. know this brand? This is a very local coffee brand and it's growing very fast now in uh-huh. China. I think they are invested by local Chinese people and then their marketing is very good. I think first of all, price-wise is very good not expensive, also not that cheap, but more importantly, they provide you with coffee culture. So it's like they have uh, new products weekly basis. So you can try different products, like very fancy drinks with a coffee. In summertime, you have these special cold drinks with a coffee. In wintertime, you also like record, for example, they have the coffee with the nuts, also like coconut coffee. So okay. you, you can try different things very frequently from mm. their brand and yeah. with very acceptable price. I'd like to ask you about some of your favorite brands and some of your, like what you think is a good marketing campaign. But yeah. as we get to that, I want to go back and ask you about Avion. What is it about mm. Avion that you like? The packaging. So the way it looks. Yeah, the way it looks. And also, yeah, of course, it demonstrates your social status somehow, okay. especially in China. Okay. And I think these are two key factors for me. And then also, I think it tastes different from other waters. It's not taste like really fresh or sweet, yeah. but it tastes like you can feel the nature and the pureness from this water. 
but this is really subjective. I mean, right, right. I don't like disbelieve you, but I wonder, knowing what you know, how much of marketing is psychological? Like, how much of it is getting to your emotions? Where, like, for example, for me, I like Avion as well. But the coolest water I've personally seen, I mean, I'm sure there's many, but is Vos. It's, I think it's a Norwegian brand. It looks like really cool. It's like, yes, I want that bottle. I want to okay. hold it. I want to, and it could probably be filled with anything and I would still <laughs> like want it. So I was curious, like as consumers, we're kind of working for the brand, filling in the gaps with our own emotional devotion because they made us feel a certain way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But I think for each brand, they know their target audience, okay. right? It's impossible to target to all the people in Canada or True. in China because everyone has the has his or her different taste, right? Whatever, water, Coke, tea, coffee. So first of all, you need to know your target audience and then to see the trend of this customer behavior from some online research or when you map out a campaign that can really trigger them. For example, why you like both because of the how it, the way it look like, right? But I mean, you just like it because the way it look like, and yep. then maybe it's like very instant things, right? Yeah. But maybe after two or three weeks or months, you will not love it anymore because you are human, you always change, right? So how can I keep the close connection with you? You have to change the, the way it looks on regular basis. I mean, maybe in different color or yeah. in different, I don't know, with some iconic things on the top. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, just one of the things. So you have to change and to adapt to the customer you want to target. Why are Japanese companies so good at that? What Japanese company? Okay. I was just curious. Sorry, there's a bit of a hard pivot there. But when you bring up change, the first thing I think of is Japan. Like every two months, every three months, they seem to change their packaging or change their product. And there's always a special edition or limited edition. And so it's constant change, it feels like, compared to North America, where it's a slower pace of change. Okay. I think maybe not because of Japan. I think okay. in some of the cities or countries in Asia Pacific, I think this will bring up this level to the culture thing. Okay. So people from Asia Pacific... I think they are constantly embracing the changes, I would say. So especially during these pandemic years. So I don't know people from Japan, but from China, we really love these innovations, change. We also, we want to try something new. But if we talk about those changes in Europe or in North America, I yeah. think it's, it will be in slow paces. And they always like, okay, I love this brand. I just go for this brand. I never change to another brand. I think it's a cultural thing. I was curious because you've spent quite a bit of time in Europe and the West. You've been all over, but you grew up in China. That's probably mm -hmm. your original kind of gravity. So in your perspective, why do you think Westerners, when it comes to like branding, are slower? Is it just a population density thing or is it something else? I think maybe the market is not that dynamic in not that, that dynamic. countries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, for example, in North America, technology yeah. is thriving very fast, right? right. It's right. your key. And in Europe, I mean, manufacturing, other things, maybe yeah. the key industry in their area. But in China, I mean, people have different ideas and we always love to embrace this brand. 
branding is very important to China. For example, in China, if the same products, product A with a very cool brand reputation, brand B, very good quality, price-wise very good, but without the brand. I mean, nine out of 10 people will go for the products with a brand. So branding is very important for Chinese. I think it's maybe because it can just show your social status, especially for Chinese, I would say. And for when it comes to European or American, I think they are not care about brand like Chinese. Of course, they care about brand, but not that extent like Chinese. So back to that question, yeah. what are some of your favorite brands? Okay, first of all, Hermes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. This brand is like they have strong DNA and the brand identity, and also they have different ways of marketing, like different theme, different scarf bag, everything like traveling. They give you like when you buy this product, you are not buy the product, you are buy the lifestyle. So. Yeah. I really love the way they do marketing because I think it's all about the branding. So this is one thing I like. And if we talk about the car, I think I would say maybe Volvo. Interesting. Why I have this notion is because in our family, we, we, we drive with Volvo. So we bought Volvo 10 years ago. And why we bought it? Because at that time, we choose between Volvo and Audi. Okay. And eventually we choose Volvo. It's because it's more safer. A Swedish company versus yeah. a German company. Exactly. But at so, the time, we don't realize, okay, it's a Swedish company or German company. We just think about which one suits your family needs. Yeah. So we choose Volvo. It's because it's bigger, safer. Of course, yeah. safer is very important, safer. Yeah. And then very unique at the time because when we talk about the car brand decades ago Volvo of course is not that famous like Audi BMW in or in Shanghai exactly okay. or Benz right. but the USP from this car brand is like safety is the priority when you drive so I think for me that's very important so you will not feel like okay I will have this accident blah 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 so I think this is the key point of the car, right? So yeah. branding for me, the, for the car, is not that important. But I mean, the function-wise is quite crucial for me. Interesting. So you're very different from Avion. No, no, we are women. So we always have this different idea when it comes to the products or branding. Why I have this thought? Because recently, people think, okay, do you want to try, or if you want to change a car, do you want to change to electric car with like Tesla or Neo? Do you know Neo? No. It's a car um, manufacturer, very famous now in China. It's called Neo, Chinese Wei Lai. It's spelled N-E-O? N-I-O. N-I-O. N-I-O, Neo. Okay. I think they recently expand their market to Europe, especially Germany. Okay. So... Very successful now for electric territory. But, you know, I think if I want to change a car, I will still go for Volvo. <laughs> I will not change to like Tesla or like Neo I just mentioned or other brand like BMW. No, maybe because my personality, um, Gemini. Do you know Gemini? Yeah. Gemini is like you, the twins, right? Yeah, contradictions. Contradiction. You always have these contradictions and yeah. a lot of 
new ideas floating, but sometimes you just want to keep one thing. So maybe it's, it's about my personality because、okay. I am the person have this contradiction all the time. So I have different needs or perspective when it comes to different products or brand. Okay. So yeah, for me it's very interesting, but also it's also I think it's the beauty of marketing, right? Because the customer sometimes like me, they always change. Or when it comes to a specific product, they have different needs. So、yeah. when you produce product, you really need to know what kind of customer you want to reach out. If you want to reach out the person like me, okay, then it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> not with water, cars, or I guess bags. Bags, yeah. So it's always different. So. I mean, maybe I'm special, and then when it comes to some people,、um, they are really branding, or they are like just focus on one very old brand and with very good function. Then it's easy because they are loyal. I mean, maybe I'm special. I'm typical Gemini. As we kind of close, is there any like advice that you would give to people looking into marketing for like, let's say, like a startup? You mentioned know your customer, which I think is sage、yeah. advice. Is there anything else? It's interesting because I just finished my last course from my MBA program, which、uh-huh. is a entrepreneurship course. I had this business idea about the nutrition provider in China. So we try to launch our nutrition as supplement target to Chinese customer with like customized. Nutrition solution with the AI technology. For、wow. example, yeah, we our idea that okay, we will launch our mini program that before you choose or choose your nutrition, then we will have a survey like ask you some question. In the end, we'll provide you our solution like okay, each day maybe you need to have this vitamin B, C plus one another supplement. These three pills as one day package. And then, if you go with us, and then you order like a month package, we will give to you a month with the small package each day, and we charge you like monthly fee. So this is a main idea. And when we talk about because we calculate、um, the valuation and the expense, marketing is very important when we launch the market, but also very costly, especially for the startup. So at that time, we have this solution. It's like okay. We need to spend some marketing fee, but without mapping out like outdoor advertisement or very expensive Facebook or Google campaign, we、yeah. go with one social media which called the Red. It's very famous in China now. The Red. It's like so. It's like a Chinese version of Instagram. The difference is like you can collaborate with blog, lot of bloggers or influence on their platform, and then they will try to recommend your product. At their blogger, and、okay. then to create a story with you together. So our idea at the time is to collab with those influencers and the bloggers. Maybe not expensive or famous, but they still have a quite a lot of followers at their platform. So go back to your question. I think for those startup, when you don't have a lot investor support. But you still need to do the marketing, then to collab with these influencers and to try to find out your customer, and then to collaborate with those bloggers in your specific market, and then use the word of mouth strategy to map out your branding or products at the first stage. Whenever you have more investment in the later stage, then you can spend more like traditional social media campaign. 
So okay. yeah, this is one thing I want to share. I really think in this era, marketing is really depends on the impact of these influences. I strongly believe that those influences, whatever they are famous or not, not like celebrity, just influences or like educators. So they can really give you some advice or can help you to promote your brand in their territory and to reach out to the customer, you never have a chance to, to, to connect. So I do believe that for me, this kind of strategy is like the trendy things in the future. But always the problem is how to find out those authentic influences on this platform. That just depends on your observation or your experience when you collaborate with those people. So where can people follow you and see what you're up to? Search me at LinkedIn. Just okay. Renee Zhao. Yeah, because I use LinkedIn a lot to connect okay. with all the people across the globe. Even if it's kind of blocked now in China, but I mean, it's also the important way for me to get in touch with all the professionals, people, customers, partners, a lot with this tool. And you said next you're going to Germany? Yeah, Dusseldorf, because our headquarters is in Dusseldorf of Germany. So I will go to Dusseldorf uh, for like a week to meet up with the teams in Germany. Also, we have a very large, we call AB conference. That means the big conference to invite all our international representatives to okay. uh, get together and to figure out how to sell your projects successfully and what kind okay. of knowledge we can provide when you connect with your customer and sell the project. So I'm looking forward to it. Sounds like a pretty cool job. You have traveling the world and using your, your marketing, your passion for several years now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do like it. And also, I think I just finished my MBA. So I do think even if my expertise is in marketing, but I mean, now I have more knowledge on the business sphere. So mm. I can better leverage my marketing to grow the business for the company in the future. So sales are very important. But marketing, I would say, is another very important department for each company in the future. Well, thank you again, Renee. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. We learned a lot. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Search podcast. I hope that our conversation has sparked some new ideas and given you valuable insights that you can carry forward in your own journey. Until next time, eyes on the horizon. Eyes on the horizon.